Bases loaded. Two out. Hard hit into right. Back at the wall. Tie game! Big Poppy! The Grand Slam! This is our fucking city. Hey, Jerry. Tom, how you doing? I'm doing quite well, thank you. Uh, nice game one today, Julian Zavaris. <laughs> I, just, I just fell off the table, that's why I'm laughing. It hasn't happened at Fenway Park for 95 years. The Red Sox are world champions. All right, we're back. It's a brand new episode of the Obstructed View Red Sox podcast. I am your host, Chris Henrik. Uh, we're back from Chicago. Uh, we're tired. Uh, my voice is hoarse. It uh, took a beating this weekend. Um, we'll get into we'll get into all that. But despite despite the Red Sox play out in the Windy City. It was a great time. If you've not visited Chicago, I definitely highly recommend getting out there. It is a great, great city. We'll get into that. But uh, this episode, I'm joined by my co-host. Let's start with a man who is also out in Chicago. We got Miggy. What's up? Howdy, howdy. You kind of really nailed it. I'm fresh off about a five-hour drive and I'm tired too, so yeah, I um, work starts at 9 a.m. and I set the alarm for seven. I didn't get up until 8:45, and I probably could have slept for another three or four hours. I was toast, still toast. But hey, uh, we're gonna go next here to Steve. Steve was not in Chicago, but he did go to Steely Dan. We'll uh, we'll ask him how that went. Steve, how's What's it going? up? Yep, can't confirm Steely Dan was certified dad rock, per usual. Lots of dads vibing, started pouring on me, so that was cool. Uh, other than that, yeah, I guess I could, you could say I had a long weekend myself. Uh, very soaked by a bunch of water balloons. I don't need to go into much detail about that. You get the gist. Fourth of July, water balloons, Steely Dan, dad music. You should have wore like jorts. And like, you know, I've done that before at a concert and it was definitely a move. I can't say I should have done it for the last one because it wasn't as warm, but I think I would have been willing to make the sacrifice. I'll keep that in mind for the next show. Thank you, Chris. That's what I'm here for. I'm an idea. <laughs> and last we get Jamie. Let's go Sox. Unfortunately, the Sox are not playing very well. We're recording this on a Tuesday night, the day after the 4th of July. The uh, Rays are uh, patting the bottoms of the Red Sox tonight. Um, not a good game whatsoever, but we're not going to talk about that right now. We'll get into that at another time. Uh, but this, is, uh, this episode, we are going to go over Red Sox-Cubs. Uh, they were out at Wrigley Field. Uh, like I said, we're going to go over our time in Chicago. And that's what I'm going to start it with. I'm actually going to start it with Friday. Um, so we arrived Friday. I got there early. I got into Chicago at about 6.05, where I thought the whole trip, the way it was the way that my trip started, I thought it was a precursor for how things were going to go. 
you know, and you go through TSA and you got to put all your stuff in the buckets. You got to take your shoes off. You got to put your phone, your wallet, whatever is on you has got to go in there. So I take the MacBook out. I put it into the bucket. I take my phone, wallet, the girl behind the things like, you know what? Just leave your computer in, uh, in this bucket, put everything else in your backpack and zipper it up. So I take my wallet, my phone, take all that stuff. I put it in the front, zipper up the backpack and it gets sent through the x-ray. I go to collect my stuff and every single zipper of my backpack is unzippered and my phone is missing. It's like that was a good start to the trip. Yeah, it's about 4.30 in the morning. I take my bag over and I'm kind of freaking out. And I'm like, I said to my buddy, I'm like, dude, my phone's gone. It's like, what do you mean your phone's gone? I'm like, well, if I had my phone, would I have said, hey, my phone's gone? Like the phone is gone, right? So I go back over and get the woman behind the counter. And I'm like, hey, just a quick thing. Um, my phone's missing. And she's like, well, what do you want me to do about it? Well, I'm going to tell you that that was not the response that I was looking for at 4.30. <laughs> and I kind of let her, I, I, you know, I, I kind of went from zero to elevated really quick. And I'm like, well, not for nothing, but you guys asked me to take all my stuff and put it into the front of my backpack and zipper it up. But yet the backpack came down the chute. Everything's unzippered and my phone's missing. Long story short, she said they had to go through the backpack fine every time that my backpack's ever been searched at the airport i've been there for that but whatever they took my phone and they threw it into the backpack and it was shoved all the way down back underneath where the macbook macbook charger was so fine we get the we get the phone back we're good to go we fly get into chicago uber we go to the hotel the hotel has no record of my reservation <laughs> Okay. At least it wasn't haunted though, Chris. It was not haunted. No. So I, I, I give them my, I book through Expedia. I give them everything. I give them the itinerary. I give So showing that I have, they finally find it. So I book a double deluxe. It's two beds. The guy gives me the keys. We're there early. Rooms are ready. I go up to the 24th floor, walk in the room. Who wants to guess how many beds are in the room? Oh, no. Uno. One bed was in the room. You spoon with your bud? Nope. On the way out, because we're going to go, we're going for breakfast. There's a total of three of us. So I said to the guy, I'm like, hey, look, um, just want to give you a heads up, but the room that I booked is not what you guys gave me. I booked double deluxe. He's like, oh, well, I only gave you a, a single bed because I thought he had another room and I thought you're on your own. While I appreciate what you thought, but dude, that's not what I fucking booked. <laughs> so now they have no double beds whatsoever in this entire hotel. We got upgraded to a junior suite. And after that, that's when everything just, it went from this might be the worst trip to being probably one of the best trips that I've taken in a very, very, very long time. Um, so that's how Chicago started. Went to this really cool breakfast spot with a, like a 50s 60s retro kind of theme but they they kind of give you a ton of shit and they make fun of you and they give you hats i was texting you guys letting you know that i asked for a water and for 20 minutes she just refused to bring me a water um 
asked for a gin and tonic. She purposely gave me gin and soda water, which was nasty. Um, but food was good. Went to the first game. Uh, we sat in the center field bleachers. So we were three rows from the field. Um, Jaron Duran's home run was literally, you know, maybe two arm lengths away where it went into the middle of uh, all that shrubbery. But um, oh, I I didn't even focus. what's up? <laughs> the Ivy, my guy. Well, no, it was above the Ivy. Our um, number one focus, though, was to start the beer snake. That was our number one objective. Our number one focus while sitting in the center field area was to get the beer snake going. Left field, left field, they they, they, they trumped us, though. Did it, you, did it make it on Nesson, though? Wasn't the beer snake on Nesson? We did. The beer snake. Some blurry bodies. Can't confirm it was yeah. me and Chris. Yeah, so the, the, the beer snake, from what I was told, that a few people uh, – tweet i got some messages some texts that the beer snake was on they saw you know whatever kind of honored on this and um but the kids who were starting the beer snake these dudes sure. sitting on the side of us were from like the worcester area and one of the guys who is now his, his nickname is five piece uh for the five piece tenors he was falling asleep eating and then he snorted the barbecue sauce after my buddy Ooh, Vasquez just got pelted in the face. Wanted to snort the barbecue sauce, and he did. I have video of that. It'll eventually get sent out on Twitter. Um, we it was a poor showing. We had this old lady with her husband. They had like nine beers. They wouldn't give up any of their cups. You kidding me? For what? She said she collects them. Who the hell collects plastic cups? I mean, well, I collect the collector cups, but no, no, these are the straight up cup. Yeah, no, these are straight up ones that just said the, the Cubs C on there. Um, the pinstripe uh, ones that they have. Yeah, the pinstripe. Um, I do want to go oh, look at all the money you spent. No, is look, that what it is? The beers are not a chain. Oh, beer, really? No, for, I'm t- for, it was like $12. Right quick, base their juice for Trevor Story. Is that not, is that not, what are you doing? $12? That's not expensive? That's a dollar cheaper than Fenway. They were yeah. tall. They, they were tall beers. And on top of it, I did not wait in a line for more than at least maybe five minutes at any point while at Wrigley Field. Oh, no. Like they, they had, like, little self-checkout lines where you could go through and grab them from the ice chest and go. Yeah, it was they, – they have – they don't have a lot of space, but the way they have that operation set up, Fenway should take some notes. Fenway needs to take some notes on how to get a line in and out when it comes to getting beers because they had that shit on lockdown. I thought that was awesome the way they had that set up. They did. It was, you know, and I'll kind of give like a my brief like Fenway versus Wrigley. Wrigley has Fenway Park, in my opinion, in alcohol distribution and just getting it to the customer. I thought they did a phenomenal job. Phenomenal job. Um, Beer Snake was cool, though. I, I think that if, if somehow we can try to make that happen at one point at Fenway Park, and see if that can come alive at Fenway. I think that'd be really cool. Um, I think that's doable, Fenway Faithful. I mean, Fenway Faithful can absolutely make that happen. Look at the well, people around you when you go to a Sox game and tell me those people wouldn't get behind it. I think the concern, I think the concern ultimately would be is whether or not Fenway security would let that because at times Cubs security would come over and they'd break up the beer snake. But that's why? messed up. Why the hell would they care? That's well, what I want to know. Well, here's the deal. So on Sunday, it's not a Guinness record. 
And on Sunday, though, with center field, you have the lower center field seats and you have the upper one where the scoreboard is. They were trying to connect from the two sections <laughs> and security. The security wasn't having it. They, they weren't. They were not interested in that. But uh, multiple beer snakes, though, aggressive anaconda beer snakes were in the uh, were in the crowd. It was it was pretty cool to uh, to see that. Um, Take a beer but, snake over a wave any day. I'll say that much. So hear this, there was not one wave started at Wrigley Field this weekend at all. I love that. Beautiful thing. Not one great thing. Because we all know how we feel about the wave. A single one of us were involved. It is a pod mammoth. We do not do the wave at (laughs) ball game. Um, yeah, there was no there was no wave. So I thought that was uh I thought that was clutch on, on their part, but uh, game one didn't go. It, it felt like it, the Red Sox were going to just steamroll right through this team. You had Duran first pitch. He dumps it into the center field, into the, into the Ivy, um, you know, Devers on like the very like next pitch. I thought the ball was gone. It was fall. Um, you know, the Red Sox bats seemed to look like they had some life. And then it just, the bottom fell right out. The bullpen reared its ugly head. I've never seen a pitcher like Hansel Robles that can get two out so quickly and then just watch everything implode around him immediately after that. The epitome of not being able to close the door like he was allegedly supposed to do. He was, he was in there. He got two quick outs. I, I remember seeing it up on the scoreboard. The Rolos was coming in. I had my size, my groans. I was calling him Hansel Blown Saves. <laughs> the dude in front of me, he, 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 he was not pleased with, with Robles as well. Um, was this barbecue man? No, five piece? Five, five piece was sitting to the left of me. He was already starting to go down for the count um, <laughs> by the fifth inning. Um but oh, Robles comes in. He 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 was atrocious. The bullpen in general on on that first game was just was just in, quite frankly with dog shit. I think it's really the 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 best way to summarize that. And then you know we got to see up close and personal David Robertson, who could be a future Red Sox reliever. He looked dominant. And I was, you know, sitting in, you know, the first game in the bleachers and then sitting next to Miggy in the game that we met up and just thinking to myself, like if the Red Sox had a guy, another guy, because I think Schreiber is pitching minus the save stats, but Schreiber has been, you know, basically like our version of what Robertson has been. If the Red Sox could have another guy like him in the pen, just, you know, think of the gap they could close in the standings with the, with these teams, David Robertson looked really, really good. Red Sox need another arm in that bullpen and they need to get it before the deadline in August. I think I saw that we have like more blown saves and we have saves after that Friday game. I think they said the number was 18. It was 18 blown saves, 18 blown and 17 saves. So there's that 500 for closing the door. That's an issue. Big red flags. Again, if you, could, needs to adjust that. <laughs> you know, if you could just cut half of that, 
say you get nine, eight or nine of those games, you know, the standings look a lot different. I mean, they're still, you know, controlling their destiny now from a wild card standpoint, leading the wild card. But, you know, I think the Red Sox went into Chicago and I, I really think they took the Cubs lately. The, I, that's just really kind of like how I perceived what I saw this weekend. The Cubs pretty much threw out a 4A lineup Friday and Saturday. I thought Sunday was their best lineup that they had. Um, that was ultimately the game the Sox won, which they kind of didn't have any business in winning after it kind of went, you know, awry. Um, you know, happy they didn't get swept, but you can't lose two or three to the Chicago Cubs. You have to, you know, and I was listening to uh, Inside the Monster on the way back on the flight. And uh, I thought Joey Capone kind of put it perfectly. And this is a, this is just a series that's going to forget that even happened from a, from a game standpoint, I'm ready to do that. But from a partying standpoint, let me tell you, <laughs> let me tell you, I am not ready to forget what went down. So I mean, this will be the point where Miggy and I are going to give it So, Miggy, I want your thoughts. What was your feeling, your experience with the Wrigley yeah, because you've never been to Fenway, right? You have still haven't done Fenway yet. Correct. Steve, have you gone and seen a game at Wrigley? <clears throat> oh yeah, plenty of times. Okay. You know what? I'm gonna go on the record and I'll tell you a little story myself. So I asked my entire family if they want to go to Cubs game with me. They all say no, screw you. I don't want to go to Wrigley. I say, well, fine. I guess I'm going alone. So I solo dolo it over to Wrigley. Don't have a ticket in hand. Walk up to some scalper. I ask if I can get a ticket, probably get criminally overcharged, and then proceed to go into the left field bleachers by myself. You know, actually, I think it was right field bleachers. I'm under the uh, overhang, not quite 21 yet, and I was I was just just craving a beer, as one is always, especially at Wrigley. <laughs> and I tap some dude on the shoulder. He's probably a little older than I was. Say, hey man. Um, Odds you can maybe buy me a beer. I don't have my ID. I'm not old enough. And he goes, no, nah, dude, you might be a cop. <laughs> I'm like, do I look like a goddamn cop to you, dude? I'm literally just trying to get a beer. He's like, no, no can do. No can do. And I was like, all right, goody two shoes. So I did not have a single drink at Wrigley. And I still don't think I have to this day. I've been over there about four times. My first time, I think I was like six. It was that a friggin' heat stroke? It was like a hundred something degrees. So overall, yeah, no, I've had my fair share of, uh, you know, games at Wrigley. Uh, I've never seen Boston play there. Um, so kudos to you guys for getting the opportunity to do that. Um, I know the defense and overall offense for the Red Sox was kind of a uh, Achilles heel for the team this weekend. But I, I think overall it was obviously – from a party standpoint, like you said, which I also have not had the opportunity, uh, probably a lot better than my experiences. I hope there was no uh, there was no heat strokes involved for either of you two. No, so it was warm, but it wasn't unbearable. It, it was, you know. Um, I also don't think I realized that it was warm either. I think once you just get drinking and you get going and the beers start to go, I, you kind of, you only focus on what you think is important. And that's, you know, 
beer snake and trying to watch some of the game. That was all my focus. <laughs> beer snake is the most <laughs> vital. That was that was the most aspect of Wrigley, not the yeah, game. Was, the beer that snake. Was, that was important. Um, and security can kindly, uh, you know, buzz off. Well, one of the Sorry. security guards in the center field section. So I think the kid went on break, and then this other guy comes over, and he was just not having like I don't think. I think in life he doesn't have fun. And um, when, when he was relieved, everybody got up and cheered and clapped. <laughs> so it kind of told you, you know, this dude, he was taking his security job at Wrigley a little more to heart. Um, but no, the, the reason I asked, and I actually didn't get to Jamie. And Jamie, have you seen, have you been to Wrigley yet? I have not, no. Okay. Wrigley and Fenway have a lot of similarities, in my opinion, because it's that older ballpark feel. Now, I took a few days because I was actually seriously thinking about this because obviously I'm a Red Sox fan. I've only grown up really ever going to Fenway. I've gone to Camden. I've gone to Atlanta, stuff like that. I've seen the old Yankee Stadium. I think Fenway still takes the cake in regards to it's better than overall Wrigley field, but Wrigleyville Fenway doesn't touch it. Fenway does not touch what they've done with Wrigley with Wrigleyville. It um, yeah, there's bars outside of Fenway. Yeah. There's bars outside of, of Wrigley, but you don't have to wait to get into the, you're getting, get rid of the bars. It, there's very little weight when it comes to that. Um, it's just a better vibe. It's more organized down with the way they kind of have it. So I think if Fenway could try to mimic and do something similar to Wrigleyville, it's hard just the way that the city set up. So I don't think they ever could. Um, I think, I think Wrigley takes the, in my opinion, the feeling of outside the ballpark, the, you know, they have, you have the big red, you know, Cubs, you know, where the, the Cubs sign, where they have the Cubs win. There's a whole like area that's out there where, you know, you can put there's lawn games. There's a million bars out there. The Cubbies bar though, that's uh-huh. a spot. That's the spot that you need to go to. Right. That was, that was the spot. We left the first game on Friday. This is before we, Miggy was, we didn't meet up with him yet. And the plan was like, we'll go back to the hotel regroup go out grab a bite do whatever Let go chris and i'm so we go and i see this bar and i see this you know there's a little bit of a line not really that bad i'm like guys when we just go grab a quick drink here at this bar i mean it, it's it sounded loud it just sounded like a good vibe we go in and it was the best thing that we ever did they had this really awesome cover band uh and, uh, and cover bands like they all do the same shit it's all the same music don't care these guys they had a chick singer with them. They were dressed like 1970s. It was like Gilligan's Island, like theme, like clothing. They absolutely shredded that place. It was unbelievable. And what was supposed to be like, hey, let's go for one beer, turn into let's go and it mangled. Shredded. Uh, full disclosure, I was supposed to meet Chris that same night. Never heard back from him again. Oh. 
phone was I thought Chris was was like MIA for real. Phone died. I, I didn't get charged for like five hours. Phone died about three o'clock, four o'clock in the afternoon. No, I genuinely thought you were asleep. Didn't even, my, was didn't even care that my phone was dead. There was zero like anxiety that you get with your phone being dead. All I knew is that I I belted out every single song. My arms hurt so much from doing the air guitar the next day. They were that sore. My hips hurt. My legs hurt. I cut the floor up on night one. That had that had nothing to what night two was like. <laughs> and if you want to know anything about night two, you can go look at the Instagram and see for yourself because there is video evidence of Chris absolutely getting after it. I uh, let me tell you, and, and again, I I said it to, <laughs> to Mickey's dad three four times. I have no idea where that came from. I have no idea where that came from. All I know is that the entire bar did a they set up a circle around me, and I just went at it and at the end of I people taking pictures with me it was just crazy I know I, I didn't know what all I knew was I threw my hat couldn't find my hat um it was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was is it ever located out. or is it is it still in Chicago does no, that I, I found the hat I got help from people we found the hat oh, thank god I walked out, talked to my dad right quick, come back in, just see a big circle. I'm like, what's going on? Look inside, see Chris doing this. I think he did the snake, did the shoot. I mean, he was just I, going up and down, I, hopping on one leg. I was just going, I just, I just, it was, I just went, I just went after it. I didn't care. I didn't care who was watching. I didn't, I saw the phones out. I, re, I, remember, I remember seeing it. I just didn't, I didn't care. Zero fucks were given. And I got to tell you what, when you go on vacation and you can just just let it all out, do it. It was such a good time. Cubby's bar was phenomenal. What was the one that we went to that we saw and we met up with um, Jake from the Carabas Pod? Uh, the Slugger. That one there, guys. That was cool too. There was batting cages in there. Watching drunk like a liability. <laughs> watching drunk people take batting practice is is absolutely amazing. Dueling piano bars um, on, on another floor. Um, it was incredibly warm in there. I was telling you guys, like, I literally bought the High Noon. I didn't even drink it. I used it just to take the cold can and put it all over my body because I was that warm. Um, I don't remember any other bar, to be honest with you. Um I don't. Not by choice, or I, I don't know. I, I know that there's that, and then they had a sunny side um, dispensary. Went in there. Um, that was something else too, but I'll leave that one off the air. But yeah, it, I got You know, I, I thought Wrigleyville was was a was an absolute blast. Um, I think that Wrigleyville, again, outside of uh, Wrigley. Is, is better than what we offer outside of Fenway. Yeah, I mean, outside of Fenway has its moments, but it's usually in high leverage situations. It's like post-game after an off-season, or excuse me, a post-season win, when, you know, let's take last season, yeah, for example, and A-Rod's out front. I think it depends on the situation and will depend on that vibe. Wrigley, even when the, when the Cubs lost on, on Sunday, it was still the same. 
Well, you know, the, the beauty of Wrigley is it's so accessible that anybody can really show up. And, and you got people who are on the roofs and coming from all, all over the place and just collectively getting absolutely, you know, emaciated, whatever the hell the word is. At one bar, I completely messed that word up, didn't I? Who cares? Um, so I, I, I just really want to go back over there. I drove by it a few weeks before you guys went out there, and I saw the Cubs dying. I was super upset that they were not home. Uh, I, I did go to a White Sox game, and I'll tell you this much. There was absolutely nothing going over there other than the park. The, yeah. the park itself was cool, but hey, I mean, Wrigley has its own little uh, entire area, should I say, all over, all over, all around it. Fenway has its its little stretches, and there's good stuff, but a lot of it is kind of just same thing, repeating, 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 then you get the House of Blues. I don't know if there's a uh, music venue over there, but um, not that that's important, but you know me, love my music. Yeah, no, they, just a lot of really there's a lot of bars. There was just a lot of bars to choose from. I think I do want to, I do want to try, I'll do Chicago. I'm definitely going to go to Chicago again. I will just definitely. Stay my answer next time. I, uh, <laughs> if you can make my trip cheaper, I'll do that. All right. Yeah, no, I'll Aunts, definitely. Grandparents, wherever the hell you want to go. Up to you. Um, <laughs> like, to, like to see the, I, I would like to at least do one game, White Sox, Red Sox. Um, we talked to Why the hell not, right? They talked to some people in the ballpark. They said that they that they feel that the food options are better at the White Sox Stadium than they were at Wrigley. I'll give them that. But the they same good beef sandwiches. I so I had a, I had a I had a, uh, an Italian beef sandwich. Very good, right? Sunday night, it was um it was delicious. It was it was great. Was it a nice little post clarity, still kind of drunk sandwich? Um. I didn't drink as much on Sunday. The game was way too long. It was like four and a half hours. So I was. Yeah, that was more, a long one. It was a marathon game. I wanted a nap. Couldn't nap. We ordered the food. Then we had, you know, obviously went to the dispensary. Um, I was ready to go for Sunday night, but my buddy had other plans. He ended up having, I think, half the tin of the edible, and he was out like a light right after we ate i am disappointed though that i did not have a chicago dog i can't have it because of the seeds but they let me tell you what i don't want to sound like guy fieri and use like his terminology but it like it the it smelt amazing the chicago dog was amazing is that your best impression of guy fieri chris no, no, it I was smells amazing. I, I That's the best you can come up with. No, no, as, as I started to think about it, I was like, I because remember, we had ordered when we so we ordered um Portilio's in Chicago and we got the sandwiches. And my buddy bought a few of the hot dogs, and I just remember they just they looked so and I started to think about how they looked, it was so good, but they smelled delicious. But um, unfortunately, there was I did not have any of the uh dogs though. No dogs for Chris. You're on my level now, bud. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't have a hot dog. I just can't have a hot dog with all those seeds because if I do. Oh, uh, I can have a hot dog. I choose not to have a hot dog. The Vienna, the Vienna uh, wiener they use out in Chicago. <laughs> the Vienna uh, wiener. I, 
I have a quick question for you guys, kind of going back to like the fill from the ball port. I want I want to ask Jamie this first because you know Jamie's just kind of sitting there not talking to any of us. <laughs> Dude, I haven't been to Wrigley. I don't really have much to contribute to the. No, 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 I know, but I'm gonna get to Chris too to try and get his first impression comparison. But what was your first, you know, impression when you first saw Fenway walked out for your first game? You know, kind of see out to the field and you just all the people that have played there and everything. What a. Uh, I was like four years old, so I don't really. It was a uh, it was a great time. I think I was pumped. Um, How about now, just like seeing the field, you still get was, that was thriving. You still get How that like, all feeling going to see it now or no? Yeah, you know, always get that when you go to Fenway. Same vibe every time you get in there, like oh baby, you can't wait, and then you, oh, get, yeah. you have to get out of there, and it's like this whole trek back. And I mean, not for Jamie. Jamie's so lucky that he gets to just walk in and out like he uh, lives next door to it. Or you just um, uh, go to Loretta's or something after it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll have to figure out a new plan. How about you? I remember, Chris? I remember my first time. It was a horror show for me, my entire family. I was a five-year-old. My aunt and uncle decided it was a good idea to get me the Jumbo Cup with Nomar on it. And I had a giant, giant Diet Coke. And my little bladder just couldn't handle it. So, you know, I had to go pee about 15 times. Everybody had to go on shifts and take me in turns to go to the bathroom. So I probably That's missed like like go more than half of the game. I also, for the, for the record, um, I was still at that age where I did not know how to correctly pee in public. So I was still at that point where I was pulling my pants all the way down. A little four-year-old, five-year-old, I don't know. So all these, all these men are just seeing my bare ass in the bathroom as a five-year-old thinking, what the hell is this kid doing? So many of you old men are hearing this now I'd like to apologize that was me I actually learned from, from that point on to keep my pants fully up so thank you that's that's my TED talk well that's that's uh, gonna Steve. conclude episode number 17 of the <laughs> <laughs> no but Chris like Chris when you walked out there for to go see the Wrigley Friday how'd that compare for you you know seeing that compared to Fenway for your first time it had, I think it's, it had this um, nostalgia feeling because there's such a rich history with the ballpark. Um, I still get that same way going to Fenway every time, you know, just, you know, you start to think about the moments that you've seen there. And then you think about the other moments that have happened there. So obviously I'm not a Cubs fan, so I don't, put a lot of that into stock from their standpoint, but you can definitely feel, in my opinion, I, 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 I like the feel of the ballpark. It had that um, rich history, so to speak, but as for, um, but as for, um, you know, my, my buddy, he, he said he wasn't, he wasn't impressed, but wasn't impressed. I don't know. I liked it. I thought the ballpark has a nice feel to it. it. If like you moved to Chicago and your only option was to go to Wrigley to get that Fenway feel, I don't think you'd be disappointed. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. Me, I mean, I've never been to Fenway, so I can't compare it in that sense. But like I said, my dad and I did that tour Saturday, being able to go in there and experience that for the first time with him, his first time there too. That was awesome doing the tour and everything hearing all the different stories that they had, all the guys that have played there. You, know. yeah, you definitely got to take it all in when you're over there. 
you know, speaking of which, Maggie, you said you've never been to Fenway. So that being said, the pod still has not collectively seen a game together. But Jamie, Chris, and I, including friend of the pod, Jake Iggy, all attended a game a few weeks ago. And that was <laughs> an interesting time. We had Chris jumping around like uh, over the railing, like, like a little spider monkey. Um, so I got we were, into that. We were haggling for some doogie chains. Um, I know some people, way, my, the doogie some chain, people, what's up? So I wore the doogie chain on Friday. They lost Oh, or the doogie oof. chain on Saturday. They lost. And then we guess he took it off. I took it off for Sunday. Didn't wear the doogie chain. They won. Well, it's confirmed. Hey, never wear it fault. again. Then Never wear it again. I'm sorry. I got you one. Very sorry. I just sweet talked some old woman for you. Look, the doogie chain though, was a <laughs> massive conversation starter. Because I had it out. I had one guy's like, why are you wearing Aaron Judge's 99 in a red sock? Oh, my God. I cut him some slack. He was a Cubs fan. Okay, that's fair. But can we go back to the fact that there was a person at the game who asked why they were giving away Aaron Judge chains at a Red Sox game, mind you. A Red Sox fan, as a matter of fact, to make things worse. Wearing a Red Sox jersey. Do I need to say more? Do you not know who Alex Verdugo is? Have you never seen a picture of his chain? Not many. <laughs> there, there, there's going to be times where there's people who. There are some are, serious airheads out there, yeah. dude. I'm saying, oh my God. No, the chain was a, a conversation starter with a lot of I had people ask me, where did I get it? How much did I pay? I'm like, I am paying for it. I you should have told them you spent copious amounts of money for it. But no, it was, it was, it was definitely, <clears throat> it was a convo starter. The yellow jersey had a lot of Cubs fans asking about the yellow jersey the significance, um, just a bunch of that stuff. Um, got a, had a conversation with one, asked what we talked about the City Connects. You know, um, I told them that I, I like their City Connects, but I felt that the pants should have been like a white versus the men's softball team look that they have. Yeah, the, the I wasn't blue. a fan of those. So, but- to um, show when you see them for uh, $20 on Poshmark and it's authentic and it probably wasn't the best- City Connect, but can't get much worse than the San Diego ones. Ugh. No, I like I like yeah, the Padre. The Padre ones. Eh, it's more of a Miami vibe, in my opinion. But I mean, I don't know. I guess I guess everybody's got their uh, their taste. No, but I wanted to kind of I kind of wanted to uh, get into you know the significance of what brought us all here, what brought us all together. Because obviously, Miggy is from friggin' Texas, but we're still here talking to him today. The how we met our podcasters. Right. That's what the people want. The house. Yeah, allegedly. 17 episodes into the show, and we're finally breaking that ice. Now, in fairness, we did have the plan to do this back around episode four. Um, because we were supposed to have a guest who is still yet to make his debut on the podcast, but we'll eventually have that happen. Um so I guess, how do we start this whole thing off where? So we started at CU. It all started at CU in class of 20, right? That's the best <laughs> yes. class to ever do it. Yeah, so in- yeah CU, TO University. Yeah, so I think it was, um, yes. It was definitely, yeah. It was fall 20. I graduated fall 20. Yeah, yeah so it was 2020. Full honors, full, full honors, Steve? Yeah, no, actually, I... I you know, just got by. I got like a B minus. 
Yeah, so 2020, Chris Cotillo was advertising his sports writers workshop. And I saw that and I kind of was intrigued by it. And I debated it for like two days. And then I was thinking like, all right, let me sign up for it or get some information. So I emailed him, he sent me some info. But then I was worried, like, is it a scam? But then I was thinking like, I can't imagine that a writer who's covering the Red Sox, this is his job, this is what he does, would put a Twitter scam out there and all of a sudden you Venmo him the fee that it costs. And then all of a sudden you're up, you know, the creek with nothing to show for. So I, I think I was one of the first people to sign up because I got a discount. I'm not going to say the price because I don't think he announces the price till you talk to him. So we're not, we won't do that on there. I don't want to blow a spot up for anybody who might listen and might want to do a show. Do his, uh, I mean, workshop. Um, but I got a little discount on the price, being one of the first people to sign up. And then I remember the first class was around like Thanksgiving time. It was like right before Thanksgiving or something like that. I'm pretty yeah, positive. that sounds about right. Yeah. November. It was two classes, the Monday, Tuesday class. We were, so Steve and I are in the same class. We were what, Monday together? I think it was Monday. Yeah, I, yeah, so it was Monday nights. We had a small class. Um, and then Jamie was Tuesday. Because I remember seeing him on the email list. And I was like, oh, I recognize his name because he would, you know, like and stuff like that for stuff that w- was being posted on the, on Twitter. So shot him a message through uh, Twitter DM. And then it just kind of was like, we had conversations. So like Steve and I would have convo because we we're in the same class together. Um, I don't really remember what we talked about in regards to like the class, but I know that we had convo from there. And it started to kind of like just formulate just different conversation based off of Chris Cotillo's class. Um, we would have it where um, you had different, you know, different, you had different guests throughout the course of the workshop. There was uh, Christopher Smith from Mass Live. We had Steve and Jared at the end from Section 10, uh, RIP. Um, didn't he have another guest? Uh- yeah, he had one other, and I can't remember who it is. I'm not gonna Smith lie. Either it said Chris Smith, uh, Jared, Steve. I think there might have been one other, but I mean, yeah, I'd have to go back to the the, yeah. the thing that he sent. But anyway, yeah, but anyway, I mean, so we we met kind of through we met through that workshop piece, and that's how the um, beginning started. And then I remember we finished the workshop. And we were talking about doing a podcast back in 2021. But we really couldn't get it off of the ground. There's various things. One, we did a Zoom call, um, which I think we mainly drank on the Zoom call. Yeah, um, it was mostly just drinking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we did have, we were trying to figure out some like names for it. Chris gave us ideas for names for like the show, stuff like that. Um, but unfortunately, it didn't get off the ground. I think a lot of it, one, had to do with where I was writing with. Um, they were very territorial about what people could do. Um, so I always had that kind of in the back of the mind. I also don't think, too, um, I don't think we were ready to do, like, a show. Because I feel like the time that went by to learn more about podcasting and just more of this world, um, I think was beneficial. 
to go along with all of that. Um, Steve was doing his thing, right? You were with the bloop and a blast. You were writing, you were doing your thing. And then you stopped writing. It just went fucking cold turkey. It was done. Went away. Yeah, no, I, I had I had the, uh, the bloop and a blast thing going. Botox injection over the monster. And then I just kind of burnt out and fell on my face. Stopped writing and just disappeared off the internet for a hot minute. He was he was gone. I was dead and gone. I think Chris and Jamie forgot about me. And no, then, I never forgot about you. You always in the back of my head. You always there. Oh, stop it! He told me the same thing. <laughs> hey, and then I came. And I back. think you sound like a slut, me. Jeez, <laughs> that was supposed to be like a that was supposed to be an emotional moment for the pot. And now it's yeah, just yeah, it was. It really ruined. was. Damn, you got to add like a little ad lib, uh, sitcom noise in there. Oh, oh. <laughs> no! And then I came back and we started talking again. And yeah, spring training, you would you were at uh, games, you know, and yeah, spring training, we you were had talking to Jamie about limes. And <laughs> yeah, a lot of lime discourse. What type of limes? go with what you know it's a very scientific conversation exactly no but to chris's point yeah spring training is where i realized that i wanted to get back into it because i started to see the players and kind of engage with them i was at a point where i was seeing all these beat writers around and i was more interested to talk to them than any of the players um so i just kind of walked around i was hitting up chris giving him the inside scoop seeing these guys and executives and stuff and kind of trying to poke my nose in their stuff, see what was going on. Oh, I see you just signed Dan Altavilla. Would you like to comment? You haven't signed him yet. I'm like, sure you didn't. <laughs> All right. So that's where I kind of got back into it. And I realized, yeah, I don't know if I want to write so much as I'd like to just kind of talk about it, talk about the game I watch every day. Um, so, yeah, we all kind of started chatting it up again and I think Jamie, at one point, you still have the expensive Zoom, or is that just solely Chris now? Chris went ahead and we both, out we the both cash. We both have the expensive Zoom, yes. Oh, Lord. Yeah, see, I was on the hour timeline, so if you needed anything longer than an hour, I'm not your guy. I don't know about you, Megan. But um, so we started to kind of get some of the ideas and the bones of what we wanted to do together. We came up with a name, which ultimately is the obstructed view because there is a ton of obstructive views at Fenway Park. It was kind of fitting. A lot of the podcasts that are out there have a lot of similar names or similar likenesses to each other. So we wanted to try to figure out a way to be different. And I still think we're kind of feeling our way through that um, and how that we want to present ourselves as a podcast, um, which is fine. You know, everybody has their own style some, you know, you do what you want to do, but I think that we're figuring out what we like to do and how we want to record, what we want to talk about. Um, and it's, it's starting to yield some really good results um, weekly, daily, which uh, we won't go over because I'm not that podcast to do that. But um, <laughs> I, don't, I just don't think that, you know, putting your results out there, I think that's more of an insecurity versus what it truly is. I think you just continue to do what you got to do when you let everything else kind of fall into play. And that leads us to Miggy, where Miggy, hey. Miggy DM'd the Beyond the Monster handle and asking if there was like any help needed. And I was kind of like, no, not really. And really only because, you know, it, 
There was nothing to help. (laughs) No, it was, I was doing the writing, you know what I mean? Like I had, I still do the, you know, the, the social media piece and stuff like that. And then, you know, message again, message again. I was kind of like, oh, well, I mean, clearly, you know, he likes what's being done for content. Little, I mean, does he know, like, it's not like there wasn't a million people. It's like one. And you went in with us with the podcasting and became three. Um, and I just kind of figured, well, if there's someone here that's really interested in, you know, the content that's being produced and wants to help, I mean, why not, why not go ahead and, and, you know, what's the worst that could happen? Hey, yeah, what do you got, Miggy? Now we can't live without you, Migs. Yeah, I mean, exactly. This kid in his cowboy hat talking about brisket all day. I, you know, I annoyed Chris there for a while at the beginning because I was like, hey, you know, you told me to message this guy. He's not responding. This guy, this guy. Well, this I would, so, yeah. So, again, you, in the, it would be, I told you to message me basically from one <laughs> Twitter handle to another. I try to keep, when people ask about it, I try to, to steer it out of the, the BTM handle directly to my handle. So it's, it's right there, so to speak. I try to keep more of the other handle. I have a system. Um, but, but no, it was, uh, you know, got that squared away and, you know, now we're 17 episodes in, we're going to do episode 18 after this episode. Uh, we have a guest for that. Um, you know, if you kind of take a really, you know, step back and I think if you look at it from a different lens, which I try to do sometimes with that in 17 episodes, you know, to say that we've, you know, we've interviewed Bob Nightingale, I guess, you know, a a year ago now to say like, Hey, would you interview a prominent national sports writer? And he would be willing to go on your podcast that had three episodes recorded. I think it's, you know, I think it's a pretty cool thing, you know? And then, you know, we, 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 we've talked to people with the Savannah bananas. We've done the thing with the Portland pickles. Um, you know, we're going to interview Sean McAdam coming up, which for me, I'm really excited for that because it was someone when I was younger, it wasn't like how it is now where you have Twitter and you have multiple different avenues of what you want to get for Red Sox content. You know, so Sean McAdam was someone where I just had the radio and print. That was it. That's all that was there before Twitter became a thing. So it's just, it's, it's been cool that we continue to have other guests. We have more lined up. There's going to be more, you know, we had Steve Peralt. We have other pieces that are going to fall into play. People we're going to talk to. There's a second podcast that, that now has now spawned into all of this. Um, and then Let there's the family the new, grow, man. Yeah. And there's an, and then there's, so Nick who um, does the Cape Cod league stuff, He's doing a separate Substack called Beneath the um, Beneath the Banners, and it's part of the umbrella. So we're going to start to dabble outside of Red Sox to see what appetite there is for that. Which I don't know if you've noticed, but if you go to the BTM handle, there's been some Celtic stuff being tweeted, articles and stuff like that. So we're just dipping our toe into some other little little things, and um, you know, we never know what what could be next. So. That is how this podcast came to play. And again, um, there's more guests coming in the next coming weeks. Um, we're very secretive. We don't really announce it until it happens. 
He doesn't tell us. So yeah, sometimes we don't mention to you till the day of, yeah. Um, but no, I mean, there's I have a full list. There's more people that's agreed to come on. It's I think a testament to um, you know, I think what we're trying to start to do here. Big thank you to everybody who has tuned in to the first sixteen. And for my like bilingual, to, uh, cool. give you all a shout out. Yes, look at that. Miggy channeling both sides. You'll love that. Hey guys, I'd like to make a quick little comment while we're on air here. Oh boy. Axel Robles has just been designated for assignment. Oh, send him to the moon. Oh. Chris, will you drive him to Logan? Oh. <laughs> yeah, Chris, get your keys, bud. Come oh, on. Oh my God, that is. He's that too is tired. Exciting. He'll just order my Uber. That is exciting. And oddly enough, our guest was the first one to break that. Ah, Left. that's true. I, I think foreshadowing completely, completely going to segue. Gonna open the show with Hansel Robles. Hansel blown saves. Done. Done. He's gonna. I. We will get into that one later, but just wanted to make that clear to everybody here, so you guys knew. Um, because I was expecting a little more reaction. You know, before I even said it, I didn't know if you already knew it or not. I was like literally on the tweet to retweet it as you were saying this. <laughs> yeah, I was going to keep it hush hush, but figured I'd just say it right here into this microphone for everybody to hear. It is. But you want to know why? Because it's Bayo season. That's why they had to do it. Bayo yep. season. Bayo season. I, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. Lord forgive me, but I'm going to another game tomorrow. I need to see this man's debut. He's too electric not to. Too so damn electric. And I think it's going to Devers, too, for the All-Star. Yeah. Yeah, that's another fact. Get Devers into the damn All-Star game over some of these other guys who don't even deserve it, for God's sake. You know, I do want to quickly, just very, very, very quickly, just talk about that one game that we all went to. Because I know that... Last year, I saw Chris. I saw Jamie. We were not sitting together. That was at the Pedroia night. Pedroia night, Those yeah. Those two did not look remotely as drunk as I probably was. Um, oh, you were done, though. I was, was, I was in the, the first game. The first game this year that we all met up. Ah, yes. And then there was the other game that we all met up. And once again, I was <clears throat> in the bag. I apologize. Um, but the last game... The last game, it was actually the other boys' turns. I think Jamie was sitting there with this smug look on his face with some girls talking about limes. No, no clue what the hell she was talking about, but Chris and I were just feeding into it and just kind of egging her on to keep messing with him. <laughs> hey, that it was, was a hell of a time. A that was we, kept, we kept that going for seven innings. It was a good time. Yeah, yeah, that was great. I love that. And unfortunately, um, I, I did get, I think, five Verdugo chains but at the expense of my Ray-Bans. Um, so whoever whoever found them, I'm assuming it was some security guard. Uh, enjoy. I will miss them. They were a great pair of sunglasses, and they lasted me roughly two and a half years. I still, I still miss you and think about you every day, Ray-Bans. So Ray-Bans, if you're listening to this, uh, send me a new pair. Thanks. That's all, all I'm going to say. First, first sponsor of the pod, Ray-Bans. Yeah. Yes, yes, please. 
Well, that is, uh, I ain't going to do it for this episode. We um, did Chicago. We did the How We Met. Um, so that is how a Red Sox fan from Texas is involved with a Red Sox podcast with people from the Northeast. Um, episode 17 in the books. couple of things. Quick housekeeping. First and foremost, make sure that you head over to Spotify or Apple Podcast and hit that subscribe button. That way you will get alerted the second that a new episode of the Obstructive View Red Sox podcast and or the Sox Specs Red Sox minor league podcast drops. Uh, that show should have episode five coming out. I want to say towards the end of this week, um, we should have a guest for that show. Have to kind of finalize that. Um, but looking forward to having this person on again, we're going to keep it quiet until it's time to announce. So just make sure you hit the subscribe button, um, continue to, um, show the support. Uh, it's been really cool to see, um, you know, the podcast being ranked amongst the top baseball podcasts in the United States and abroad. Um, so definitely a huge thank you for people who are doing that. Head over to the Beyond the Monster Substack, click the subscribe button. Brand new, fresh content uh, daily. We have a exclusive with Red Sox pitching prospect, Brian Mata, that just came out. Um, there's more content with him that'll be coming out. So um, one of the writers, James, he did an article. I will have uh, my piece with the stuff that I talked with Brian about. That'll be coming out probably either tomorrow with Thursday. It's not time sensitive stuff. Kind of give you a little bit of an insight on the player outside of him and the diamond. Um, and then also, like I said, make sure to, to check out BT banners. That's a new Twitter handle. Uh, beneath the banners. That is the Celtics uh, Substack That's affiliated with the, um, with the group now, as we begin to uh, try some other sports. So for Miggy, for Steve and for Jamie, we are signing off. Episode 17 is in the books. See ya. Adios.